Ernest, what's up? Look, I want to put you on to something that's been making waves in the personal finance world. If you've been relying on Mint to manage your finances, I got some news that might startle you at first. Mint is no more. But hold on, because every cloud has its silver lining. And in this case, that lining is Monarch Money. For those of us searching for a robust, user-friendly alternative, Monarch Money is stepping up to the plate. And from personal experience, it's hitting a home run. Let's get personal for a moment. Managing finances can be a maze of confusion, stress, and time consumption. Believe me, I've been there, jumping from one finance app to another, hoping to find that one platform that simplifies everything. Then came Monarch Money. Its ease of use, powerful features, and sleek design transformed my approach to managing finances. What truly sets Monarch apart for me, though, is its collaboration feature. With money being a top Discord trigger for many couples, the ability to seamlessly manage finances with my wife has been a game changer. No extra costs, just shared goals and clarity. But Monarch isn't just about managing your current finances, it's about building your future. Saving for that dream house, your wedding, or a once in a lifetime vacation becomes not just a possibility, but a reality with Monarch's intuitive tools. It's no wonder the Wall Street Journal held it as the best app for savings growth. Monarch Money represents the next evolution in personal finance apps. It's an ad-free haven where your experience is the priority, constantly refined based on real user feedback. It's everything we've been asking for, intuitive, powerful, and relentlessly focused on user satisfaction. Now, for a bit more practicality, Monarch makes transitioning from Mint a breeze ensuring you can bring all your tags and categories with you. It's intuitive design, customization options, and commitment to privacy and an ad-free experience make it stand out in the sea of competitors. Look, after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash leisure. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash leisure for your extended 30-day free trial. Earners, what's up? Look, I want to give y'all a little peek behind the curtain of producing Earn Your Leisure. It's a lot more than just sitting down and chatting. It involves meticulous planning, recording, editing, and then promoting each episode to ensure it reaches all of you. And if you picked up any of our merch, then you know there's a whole extra layer of logistics from inventory management to shipping. Running a podcast is like running a small business. And speaking of business, I know many of you entrepreneurs are involved in e-commerce. You understand how crucial it is to streamline operations and cut costs wherever possible. That's why I want to talk to you about ShipStation, the multi-carrier shipping solution that integrates seamlessly with all your online sales channels. It's all about optimizing your shipping, connecting with expert partners, and freeing up more of your time to focus on scaling your business. Now let's talk about our experience with ShipStation. This tool has been a game changer for us, especially with automating routine tasks. Being able to manage everything from one dashboard and print shipping labels with just a click, absolute lifesavers. Plus, the discounts we get on shipping costs are incredible. Honestly, it feels like we're saving thousands. And as our show and merch sales have grown, ShipStation's robust automation and reporting features have helped us keep up without missing a beat. For those of you who get overwhelmed by order volumes, ShipStation's easy-to-use dashboard is a dream come true. You can import orders from any sales channel, apply shipping preferences automatically, and handle customer service issues right there. 
Not to mention the savings with up to 89% off carrier rates like UPS, DHL Express, and USPS. It's no wonder over 130,000 companies stick with ShipStation long-term. So, are you ready to turn your shipping challenges into growth opportunities? Head over to ShipStation.com and use promo code EARN for a free 60-day trial. Again, that's ShipStation.com, promo code EARN. Start streamlining your shipping and scaling your business today. Earners, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over here and start using it now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And you should charge your battery more. Listen, do you know if I was to talk to somebody on the phone and I could be stagnant right now trying to figure out what my next move is, they could be like, yo, I just did this. Man, that just motivated me. It's just like you just plug me up to an iPhone. Like I'm charged again. Mm. Like I get charged off of that. But some people with no drive, they get dismotivated. They got they, they don't know how to understand that. Like that's the part that you get happy over when you hear somebody doing good so you could do better. But until we understand that, we got to clap. Even when we ain't hearing our names called, we ain't going to understand the mission. All right, guys. Welcome back. EYL. Yeah. Um, yes, this is going to be a good one, man. Derek Hayes. We yeah. actually already did a episode with him and his lovely wife, Pinky, for assets over liabilities. It's true. That was a combo. So first we did Pinky by herself. Then we did the combo. Now we got to do Derek by herself. That's so a fact. Now it's a whole. There's no pressure, though. That was a classic. Oh, definitely. There's no that. pressure. Nah. Yeah, she delivered a classic. There was a yeah. there was a range of emotions on that episode. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying that you have to shed a tear, but. Oh yeah, that did happen. <laughs> so um yeah, entrepreneur based in Atlanta from Philadelphia, Big Dave's Cheesesteaks. So uh eight locations currently, seven 
open three in the Mercedes Benz Stadium. Just announced that they're going to start franchising. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's crazy scale. Also, real estate investor and um, just all around dope person, somebody that we've been able to connect with and build a relationship with. Just did Invest Fest for us. Thank you for that. No, um, so. Yeah, it's a lot to talk about here. So first and foremost, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. No, I appreciate y'all and appreciate, um, you know, y'all giving all the wisdom and seeing y'all success, you know what I'm saying, over the years. So I'm happy for both of y'all, for real. Appreciate it, bro. All good, bro. So, all right, um, let's get into this. Eight locations, right? Seven in Atlanta, one in Charlotte. So I want to talk about, like, most people, when they start to scale, they look at, like, different cities, Right. You you put a lot of locations in a relatively small area in Atlanta. What, what was the thought process behind? Like most people would think that's like oversaturation. Right. Like what's, yeah. the, what's the thought process before expanding? Really just, you know, drilling down on, on where you were. Um, well, I think for for the big days brand, what we was trying to do is control the market like you got um, all up north. You know, you got Philly, New York, uh, Jersey. Baltimore, they already got, you know, cheesesteaks. They grew up off of them. It's been in the culture for a long time. So I wanted to bring cheesesteaks to the South, you know, the Southeast, take over that whole situation. And um, I just was taking my time and I seen places that it was needed. Like I didn't, wasn't even going to pay any more locations in Georgia. And then I put one in Lawrenceville and Lawrenceville might be my highest grossing location. So it's like every time I think about leaving Atlanta, it's still spots that it still wants it. Um, and right now um, I feel good about leaving Atlanta because Charlotte, they showed out. We brought the food truck there, man. It was like, honestly, it was about 500 people online. And I was just like, you know, they ready for a big Dave's. I still control the market because it's in the Southeast. Wherever you put a restaurant at, you want to try to put like two or three of them there so that you can control the ordering demand. Like right now, you know, if you're going through Cisco or U.S. Foods or Gordon, any of those people that you're using, you want to be able to uh, to order large quantities so that you can control the ordering demand. Talk about that. What- can you break that down a little bit? Yeah, so like, for example, if right now, if one of my locations, and I'm just start out there, one of my locations did a couple thousand pounds of beef a week, if I can now control the market while ordering 15, 20,000 pounds, I now can get it at a lower cost. That helps out my bottom lines. So a lot of people don't know. They try to, you know, everything is top line heavy. Everything is sell, sell, sell. But in the real world, when the investor's looking at you and how to scale, they're looking at your bottom line. They're looking at your four-wall contribution, your EBITDA. All those things make sense. So I knew nothing about a lot of these things to over the years, you know, when I run into investors or different rooms or, you know, just talking to uh, individuals that's at a place where I'm trying to get to. Those are the things that, were, you know, that really mattered and resonated to me. So right now we're controlling the market. We're trying to go to places that uh, people really don't, you know, they ain't paying attention to. But, you know, got a little bit of hope there because we know when we come there, we're giving people jobs. We're bringing up the community. And uh, Big Dave's, you know, is a food element, but we're more of community driven. We're more bringing people up. So when you're talking about scaling, we're going from the gas station to eight locations. You talked about P&Ls. Yeah. Talk about EBITDA. At what point did you start focusing in on that? When I started, when I, to be honest, when I started going out to get investment, um, I already knew I had the top line sales. I was, I was always blessed with uh, um, having uh, customers. After Eve, you know, she came out in 2015. I really ain't had a problem ever getting a customer because I already knew I had something good. Mm-hmm. I just had to wait for the world to see it. And when the world seen it, they supported it. And when somebody supports something, you can have so much of it, you know, and then you still might not get a profit out of it because you don't know what you're doing. 
So for me, I just had to go get people that were smarter than me, that had been in that field, that could help me, you know, get to where I'm trying to go. So um, 20, I would say 2020, 2021, I started focusing more on team strategy up top corporate level. Like what can help me get to the next level that I don't know? I already know I'm a mass marketer. People love me. They love my energy. Um, There's nothing fake about me. I give my all to the people every single day, but nothing don't matter if you can't scale the business. And I didn't build no mom and pop. I built this for my dad to be all over the country. And that's what I'm going to do. So you said you raised capital, right? Yeah. Um, walk us through that process. Like, what? When did you decide to raise capital, and what was the process of actually raising them? Um, I just started to raise capital in like 2020, 2021, and the process is really you getting all your books together. Um, you got your deck, you know, you got your 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 plan on what your future look like, how many locations you're trying to open with this money that you're trying to raise. All of those things matter, but you can have something special, and then somebody could say. You know what? You got something special, but you got to change some things around in your corporate. You got to do certain things. And for me, those were some of the things that I had to face because I got this hot business. I got everybody. I can't even walk the streets without people coming up to me, you know, take a picture or they tell me, you know, I'm changing their lives or some guys telling me I help them get out the street. So when somebody telling you right now, you need to change something, you like, bro, I'm on fire right now. But you got to really tuck your ego in and say, listen, I got to get myself together for people to take me serious. So I've been getting my stuff together for a couple of years. I sat down and really just focused on, you know, what's the best for me and a brand. And that's what I've been doing. And this year coming is going to be my biggest year of my career because this is my season. This is my time. And it's now. Yeah, so when, when you're coming up the plan to take investment, you have in mind a certain number of restaurants you want to get to yeah. and a certain cost that's associated with trying yeah. to get to them. How did you equate to, is it strictly on sales or was it the bottom line? This was going to cost to be here and, how you tested the markets that you went well, to? Well, right after the pandemic, you know, we we went through a, a crazy inflation. You know, we we cost. I used to be able to build a big days for uh, a half a million dollars. Now, you know, it's uh, north of seven hundred. So, like, you know, things change with the uh, the market. So, what we do now is we try to buy in bulk. Like right now, if I know I'm about to open up five locations, I'm now searching for five hoods. I'm looking for the fryers. I'm looking for all the grills all at the same time so I can control the, the price better. Because, listen, all this goes into um, your EBITDA as a loss when you're building these locations. You could be making a bunch of money all year long. But if you're building restaurants all year long, you're taking losses all year long because that's what's on your taxes. So. You got to know what's good for you and your brand on when you want to raise money and how you want to do it. So for me, I was in a like a kind of like a quicksand situation because I got something hot and now I got my landmark location doing really, really well. And, and people knowing about everything I'm going now, they saying, when is the next location opening? You know, when you're doing good, just like with you guys, like they want to know what's the next thing y'all got coming. It's never enough. Even with yourself, you know, some days you can wake up in the morning and be like, you know, I'm doing good, but I could do better. And that's just the momentum I always had. And that's how I carry it with the brand. And I think that's the reason why I never gave up. The number one thing for me um, in business, I'm always willing to learn. I'm always willing to listen. But I know that I'm meant to be here. And I know that any room I step in, I belong there. And that's the thing that people got to understand. Like, you can't go in a room begging. You can't go in a room asking. You got to come in a room knowing you belong there. So talk about your Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Yeah. Um, what was, how did that happen? You know, it's so crazy. That happened That happened by a mistake, honestly. We got asked to do training camp. And um, 
We was doing real so well. Like cater training camp? Yeah, just the, just the player training camp. We brought the food truck there. And it did really well. The lines was long. And, you know, the opportunity came to say, you know, what about you guys, you know, coming in the stadium? And before we came in the stadium, I got a chance to talk to some high ups and I, I really just told them what I wanted. I told them we would change the culture in the stadium. I told them that we wanted, we would be one of the highest grossing restaurants in the stadium. Everything I told them, we backed up so far. So I feel good about that. But I just wanted to come in there for the opportunity to say that I know that 65, 70,000 people coming to these games on Sundays, soccer games, you know, that might not be my demographics. And I have the opportunity now to show the world what I what I have. And I thought that was special by being in the stadium. So how does that work? Let me just follow up. Yeah. How does that work, though? Because so a regular restaurant, you open seven days a week, five yeah. days a week, whatever. Right. A stadium might only be open one day a week or two days a week, yeah. depending on for a couple of hours, but it's 60,000 people that's coming in. So as a business owner, um, how how's running that business different than running a regular restaurant? Um, it's it's actually a lot different because you got all these people that got get, to get served at halftime. So you got a little window. So it actually helped my operations, to be honest, because when somebody ordered a food, they go pay for it. You passing them the food like, here you go. Here you go. You know, they taking the order. And then my brick and water locations that help out my operations, because I remember times when people wait hours for their food. You know, we get a line of two, three hundred people. People be waiting three, four hours to get an order. But that's not no more because now my operations got tighter just from being in the stadium and hiring the right operators I needed to get me better. But right now in the stadium, when you order the food, you get it on the go. Like, they don't have to wait. It's already prepared. And I think that's what helped us out and make us so special in the stadium because a lot of places still are cooking the food. You got to wait for it. Um, and we wanted, to, we wanted to be special with that. So, so how does this work from a standpoint that you're in a stadium? You get to lease your space because you went from the lines being so long having one yeah. that they had to give you two and then they had to give you a third location. So do you have to lease the spaces and then there's a portion of the sales that goes back to the state houses work? Yeah, they get a uh, portion of the sales, but I got a good deal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got a great deal. Um, I could tell they wanted us there. Uh, but like I said, in life, if you don't ask for what you want, you will never get it. I came in there staring about what I wanted um, and we backed it up. But it feels good right now that I can say that we have carts. Like, literally, y'all know the carts. Like, just yeah. like out there in New York on the corners, we got carts. And there's people with full-fledged restaurants in there. And we the king, you know. And and that's how I feel like we're going to do anywhere we go. And it's just me being humble. But I know what this brand represents. I know what the world been waiting for. And I know we got something that's real authentic that's never been out the tri-state. People try to do what I've done and haven't been successful doing it because either they gave up because it got too hard or they couldn't find out how to get the product so far, you know, from up north. But I figured out all these things. It might have took me eight and a half, almost nine years. But it took KFC. He was like, what, he was 65 when he came out with his business? So a lot of these people, you know, they took their time to make something special. Everybody thinks something's supposed to happen overnight. I'm pretty sure y'all was doing this podcast and stuff early before people even knew y'all existed. But they only going to see what y'all do right now. And I feel like that's what a lot of, a lot of my story... 
I took people with me. Like I, I let them see the gas station location. I let them see me coming in there seven days a week, grinding, not a lot of employees. I let them see the imperfections. And now they see perfection. They see they can see where you grew from. Is it only exclusive to the Falcons games and the, the, the soccer team games? Or do you have access to when concerts and tours come to town? Is no, it- everybody. Okay. When the doors open, we open. Got you. Yeah, that's type deal we got. We open. So like the employees are like, how how's that work for employees though? Because they might be off four days and have to work three days in a row. No, so my employees, uh, they they still they they work in my food truck. They do catering, so I got a whole catering department, right? So the catering department, some of them will go to the games on the, on the days that the stadiums open, or they'll be on the food truck. And where some people will be doing personal orders that get so you, you know, have different them. shifts. Yeah, you know you know the schedule, and then you just schedule it out. Yeah, so like right now, just give example. I got probably 130, 140 employees, and uh, some of the employees are not uh, stagnant to one one location. Some of them, you know, we rotate, and then some of them, you know, they just like field managers where they drive around and make sure the, the quality of the food is good, make sure the customer service. Like, I got secret shoppers that pop in on a location. So I try to keep everything tight because I know that we're about to scale really, really fast, and I want to make sure that everything is right. Yeah, I, I've been around you enough now to know that you're always thinking forward. Oh, yeah. And so you got... Mercedes-Benz, they have eight to nine home games a year. Yeah. But right next door, you got State Farm. Yeah. And so is that something on the vision board? Because you could have eight home games or you could have 41 home games when you're playing in the NBA. Um, Honestly, that's in the works. (laughs) (laughs) I've been around you long enough. No, that's in the works. But um, we're just trying to take the opportunities that come to us. we ain't saying no and we ain't saying a yes to everything. We saying what makes sense and that makes sense. So when they, when that come around, yeah, I'll be there. But I just wanna be a, like I wanna be the good representation of of Atlanta, but not only that, it's not I'ma say this humbly, it's not entrepreneurs right now to have my background to where I'm at right now in life. And we gotta celebrate that. Like I feel like, you know, I gotta keep going and keep going hard so people can understand that if you ain't go to college and all you got is a high school diploma. You don't got that. Your background ain't that neat. You've been in trouble. You know, you might not look like the rest. You got tattoos all over your body. You might look like a rapper the most. But I'm an entrepreneur and I'm a serial entrepreneur and I'm a big dog and I get respected in the highest levels because of all the hard work I put out. But I want the world to see that. I want kids to understand that they ain't never stuck. There's always a way out. As long as you keep your 10 toes down to the ground, keep your legs moving, your mind thinking, you always got a way. So you say you have secret shoppers. Talk about that. Yeah, so like, um, I might, you might be a secret shopper. You might call me one day and say, yo, D, I'm coming to get some food. Or you know what I'm saying? I might be like, all right, yo, give me a, um, an honest feedback. You know, like, I try to not use, you know, famous people. I try to use people that they want to know who coming in because they're going to kick the best, you know what I'm saying? But I try to make sure that whoever's walking in that door, you know, they never know who that person is and I can get honest feedback. And when I, like, I, I might get a, a, a DM from a customer, might, you know, might be one of my day ones and they might say, you know, this experience I came this time, you know, I felt like this or it could have been better. But I like that because it helps me work on the brand. Like nothing is perfect. So if somebody sit here and tell you all day, like, yeah, they ain't got no problems. Everything is peaches and cream. They fraud because every business got downfalls and every in true life, you're going to have obstacles that you got to climb through every single day. Yeah. You got visitors that are coming into town. I mean, just for these, these sports games, yeah. the opposing team has, has a fan base, too. So. Are people from out of town recognizing the brand 
in, in inquiring about having it in their hometown. I could imagine Philly's now looking at it when they come to Atlanta and saying, wait, this guy's from here. He's an entrepreneur from here. Why don't we have this in our... Uh, Philly killing me right now. <laughs> <laughs> they like, bro, what's going on? Like, I ain't got one home yet. No, but um, that's a good question. But to be honest, the reason why... I was supposed to franchise uh, a few years back, but I held it because my gut wasn't there. Um, I tell people all the time, I, I choose my gut over my heart and over my mind because my gut ain't going to lie to me. So I waited till it was my time. Now, when I'm saying all these these people acquiring, you know, whether it's Instagram or filling out applications about franchises, of course, every day is in my mind. Like, I could have this many locations. I could be doing this. But you also can grow too fast and, and destroy everything you worked on, too. And I'm not trying to do that. Like, if y'all notice, I never put out my evaluation. And my valuation is crazy, but I don't want the world to look at that right now. I want you to see what I'm doing. I can, I can, you know, change a whole lot of minds by, you know, letting my PR pin out my valuation and get a whole bunch of more opportunities that way. But that ain't the way I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. They're going to see me do it in a way where it took me a little time to do it, but I'm going to do it the right way. And I'm going to climb through all the obstacles that I need to climb through so I could be here in the long run. I ain't looking at no front end. I just said this in another podcast. Like when it comes to deals, a lot of deals, I don't chase the front end money. I want the back end. I don't want to be the guy that say I built a billion dollar company and where's my money at? And then you sign to that front end money. That's your money. And for me, I'm chasing ownership and I'm chasing the back end because the front end don't last. So, all right, talk about the franchise situation. Um, can you walk us through that? What, how, what, when did you decide that you wanted the franchise and what was the steps to actually get that up and running? Um, the steps took me, honestly, about a year and a half Uh Getting uh, um, the FDD uh, together. That's the uh, franchise disclosure document uh, for those who don't know. That's like the plan for it? Yeah. That's the that's the whole like brains of, of what you're signing up to. And the most important thing that I've learned um, in the FDD, um, one of the most important things was the item 19. And that's your financials. Um, that's everything that you got going on. That's what people are going to look at when they want to buy into a franchise. Um Excuse me. And um, I feel real strong about that, you know, because I took the time and with my team and we worked out all of the stuff that we need to get out the kinks to make sure that our bottom lines is good. Our top lines is good. Um, like just like, you know, I just broke the news on CNBC and I put out my downtown net locations. That was net. You know, that wasn't gross sales. That was just net. You can say the number, man. We saw it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That, that 2.3. Yeah. Net. <laughs> on one of them. Yeah. So, you know, that was just my low flex. Like, stop playing with me. But, nah, but, like, this the thing, though. Um, I wanted people to understand, like, they seen me grinding, but now they see me showing. It's a difference if you out here chasing every day and nobody see you actually elevating the chase. Like, like every time I look at y'all, look at somebody in our category, we got, we got like this class going on, how I look at it, right? And how I look at this class, like when I see, you know, Troy and Rashad or I see Pinky or I see Milano or I see anybody else that's doing what we doing. It's somebody else talking about another level they get into, you know, and that's what that's what turns me on from it. I don't care about the money aspect. We all can make money. But how can you get the opportunity to change lives? How many people are you putting on through those opportunities? And that's what I care about. So you uh, is it open for friend? Like people can. Oh, yeah. Y'all want one? Let's talk about this, man. All right. So if, if somebody wants to, what's the process? Do we, I mean, number one, we have to have a, the capital. We got to go. Yeah. So you got the financials. Um, and then once you got the financials, 
Uh, you fill out the paperwork. It goes over to my broker. My broker uh, sets up a day where um, you come down, you see the facilities, and then I get the last call. You know, I get to sit down with you and I feel the energy. Um, I told Pinky this is going to be a fun ride because, you know, it ain't just like, you know, I, I'm married. So I believe in the decisions she make also. So when we sit down and we have dinner with these people and, and, I, and, I, and I fill them out and she fill them out. I feel like that's a, a blessing for me because I ain't just making a decision by myself. I got somebody else beside me that, you know, they can give me good insight on it. But moral to the story is uh, once they pass all the procedures they need to pass, um, I get to sit with them and, and uh, see if I want to move forward. So, so, I mean, that's a good point. You got, obviously, you're married. Congratulations on that. Thank you. We've seen her brand grow and yeah. move to locations do you use that as a metric to see if it, the, the location is suitable for your brand as well? So like when you move to Charlotte, there might be a Saudi vegan that's yeah. there. That, that tells me that there, there's a community here that, that needs yeah, this type of That's brand. what we do, though. Honestly, um, we use each other like guinea pigs. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Like right now, franchising. Who right. knows? She might be franchising. Who knows? It don't. I mean, but sometimes we might take the jump first and then we fill it out. Like she went out of state before I went out of state. So mm -hmm. I already knew the things that I got to work on out of state before I go out of state. Watching it happen. Yeah, because I watch it happen. But again, you know, even though like uh, if it's a slutty vegan or it's a Big Dave's, no matter who open them, we in a situation together. So it's like when we climbing through these openings, it's just like, you know, as if I'm opening another location or it's things that I got to kink out. And I say, oh, you know what? I got to do that differently because in my brand, that's not going to work because it's two different brands. Mm -hmm. um, but the good thing that we able to piggyback off each other with is that we got the traffic. We can look at the numbers and we can, we can you know, look at each other's sales and say, okay, you down or you up? And we both, if we both are down, we know it's the market. If we both up, it's never you up, you down. Like, and that's the good thing with us is that the demographics that we have, we have strong customers. Like, you know, the market right now is, is, is terrible in the restaurants, just not the restaurants all the way around. And, um, I'm doing, I'm doing better than a lot of the market, if not 90% of it. What allows you to, to, to do better? Is it how you're pricing? Is it, you know, how you're looking at the bottom line? Like what allows you to stay ahead of not the competitors, but the industry? Um, to be honest, I think right now it got to have some attachment to it. It got to be tangible. So, again, my story, I feel like, you know, a lot of people been paying attention to so long. But the one thing I think that really helps me out a lot is that when economy crashed, when when COVID hit, everybody they try to figure out what they was going to do. Some of them ran off on their employees. Some businesses closed. I stood up. It's just like if somebody telling you something and you like, I'm going to be there. I'm going to do what I need to do. And then it happened. You don't be there. I was there. I was feeding um, customers. I fed over a thousand customers that week of the pandemic, fed over 40 hospitals that month. We don't even know what COVID is at the time. I'm walking in the hospital you know, uh, facilities just like the doctors and the nurses is feeding them. And I think I showed the community so much of my philanthropy, my my community involvement, my give back, what I cared about. I think that that now shows the people that they want me here for the long haul. They respect it. They honor it. They see what I stand for and they keeping me here along the way. And it's only a blessing for me because honestly, sometimes I could be talking to a, a restaurant guy um, and they might tell me, man, you know, I'm down. It's the worst time of the year for me. I don't know how I'm going to survive. And I'm op I'm opening locations left and right. So it's like, you know, I can't I can't, you know, cope and, and say I know how that feel because 
I'm in a different space right now, but I can tell you what I know how I feel is trying to get there. You know, trying to climb out of one location to get another is one of the hardest things ever because nobody probably would say this, but I'm going to tell you all this. If you only got one location, you ain't making no money. So it's, 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 really, it's really no room for you. In the restaurant market, you only got 15 to 20% profit margins. Somebody go bang out three cases of my wings, they didn't kill my bottom line. That's how the restaurant business works. So it's like everything that you do in the business got to be like dead on. And you got to have space for mess ups, but you also have to have multiple locations to actually start seeing what you got going on. So as far as like the franchises, somebody wants, they have to come with a location. I mean, that's a blessing if they do that, but we got to approve the location. Um, but the other thing is we're not just approving people and approving money. We want operators. Um, yeah. You know, I want people that know the business. If they don't know the business, they can hire the business because let me tell y'all something, man. Like, and I, and I And I take this like with me every single day. Watching my dad take his last breath for what I'm doing right now, I take it personal. Every time I get a no or I get a if or I get... Any type of, you know, doubt in me, that put a battery in my back because I never forget the day that my dad took his last breath and I'd be like, you know, y'all got me effed up. Y'all going to see me on the other side. And I and listen, I, and I'm saying this, I will be one of the biggest entrepreneurs that ever done this by the time I'm dead and going. They will talk about me in history books and I will be alive when I'm dead. So that's that's my goal. I ain't chasing money, though. So the, what what's the goal, right? Because you don't want to scale too fast. And you said the hardest thing to do is to create another spot location uh, when you have one. Yeah. So is there is there a number when you started? Like, was there, I need, I want to have 30 locations. I want to have 100 locations. I want to have a thousand. Was there a number when you started? And has that number changed as you see the success of the business? Yeah, program? well, um, before we put out the franchise and we were just going to do 40 or 50 and then let it slow roll. But the attention everything was getting, and like I already had sixteen hundred people in a pot. You know, we we, we ain't never, um, and it's the blessing of what I got going on right now. We not we not like waiting for people to sign up. They already waiting. We oh, you got sixteen hundred people we, waiting. We going through franchises. we going through applications right now, seeing yeah. who we want to who we how many, how many in. franchise do you want to open? So right now the plan is to do a hundred in the next uh, twelve to twenty four months. Um, but who knows? It could be more than that. Depends on what type the right groups come along. But we we got an operation right now strong enough. Uh, if a thousand come our way, I'm confident that we can run them because I don't just got operators. I got the best operators on my team in the world. I feel like so. It's, so I want to open a Big Dave Cheesesteaks in Brooklyn. I see a storefront. I think it's a good idea. I sit, submit my application. I meet with you. You approve it. I pay you an upfront fee. Yeah, you pay the you pay the upfront fee. So, uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna just rewind back a little bit. So, in order for you to get um, a franchise right now from Big Dave's, you got to take five locations. Oh, you can't do one location. No, oh, I don't. Oh, no, oh, I mean oh, because five locations close to each other. No, nah, I mean, oh, we oh, we got a uh, it's in the FDD. We got a gap or how far we want them apart. But um, you got to take five locations right now because. Like I said, we in this uh, to build people. You have the locations? No, no, no. You can pick the location. Okay. So like right now on our on our uh, franchise franchise disclosure and our pamphlet, we got the markets where we planning on going where we want them at. So like we got a blue, yellow. I mean a blue, uh, red, and a gray. Gray is like where we we want to go in the future. Blue is uh where we want to go, and red is I think is where we already have locations at right now. Mm-hmm. But like. 
you have the opportunity to take the location uh, where you want to take it to. Or we think the market is right for it. So when you're, I mean, if you're trying to expand, like let's say you're not franchising, but you're trying to, what what's the criteria for you? Like, what are the demographics? What are the analytics that you're looking at? Because I know you said you sent the food trucks up to Charlotte. Yeah. And so we can see how the food truck is doing. This might be a good location. Are there any other methods that, methods that you use when trying to find a location location for yourself? Um, To be honest, man, like, once you make it past all my team uh, metrics, uh, what they have set up in our FDD, um, it's about energy for me. Uh, I, I really feel like I'm a good judgment of character. I always felt that way. And I also feel like if you got operators around you and you a business minded person, then we can make it. We can make some success happen. But I don't want to be around a person that's driven. I'm, I'm sure y'all been around these type of people too. Everything is just money. The whole conversation is money. I tell people all the time, like you get in a room with a billionaire and the worst thing you could talk about is money. He already got money. You got to create opportunity. So when I'm talking to these people, they got to create opportunity. So we got we to gotta meet each other in the middle. If they telling me right now, hey, you know, I can start out with these five locations. I got this operator um, and I want to build opportunity to be able to do 20 of them. Now you got my attention. You know, because now we got some, we got a hope, we got a dream together, we got a vision. But if you already feel like we won because you did this, we lost because we ain't proven it yet. So, okay. So five, five at one time or five like over the No, no, no. You just take five. You just sign up for five locations. Um, You got a time that you got to do them, you know. I th- so it could be like over the course of three years. Not nah, yeah. So exactly. So you do But you just, five. you make a commitment. That you're gonna open up these yep. five yep. locations. You make the commitment that you're about to open these locations, and, and then they pay you a licensing fee. Well, they pay a franchise fee every month. No, they pay the franchise royalty fee every week. Top line sales every week. Every week. Okay. Yeah. So that's why it's important too. That's why I said I care so much about the bottom lines too, because we're not just trying to take people money. We want people to see profits. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like. Right now, you don't want to jump into this world if your business ain't right because you can't promise somebody something just because you can do it. You got to have a format and a system that shows proof. It's like science. You know, we look at science and we say, okay, we got we got these things that, that, that lead us up to something being authentic, being real. Well, in our metrics, we have it leading up to show you, you know, what's going on and how you can do these things if you stay, of course, with the brand. Other things that they can change inside of the franchise or does it everyone have to be cookie cutter exactly what's inside of the you said the FTD, right? Yeah, so like, you gotta stay you gotta stay of course to the rules. Ain't you can't you can't You can't be a specialty. No, nah, they can't be selling hot dogs and hamburgers, no. Nah, what about the decor? Like let's say you in Oakland and you wanna have like an E forty mural, like how strict are you? Are you like extremely strict or do you No, nah, I'm actually I'm that? actually we we just talked about that. I'm I'm open to that. I think that's actually dope, to be honest. I I think that's that's decent if whatever community you come into. I'm all about bringing people together and whatever that does, like, you know, one day I might want to do a a, a hip hop big days where you know, I might have all the hip hop artists that on the wall. I'm talking about everybody. You know, I like the stuff that's going to bring the culture together. And I feel like if we could open locations and people, you know, bring their city culture in there without changing the concept, um, that works. But yeah. the food can't be changed. No, at I'm, all. I'm thinking. No, that ain't, that ain't even, <laughs> you come to New York, you might have to make a bacon, egg, and cheese fe- cheesesteak. You know what's so crazy? <laughs> you might just have I, to do I it. I don't really have to do that because we got a steak and egg. You know what I'm saying? So, like... But you gotta have it. It's, listen, it's I'm one tell you, word up here. What the bacon? Bacon, egg, and cheese is one bacon, word. You, I just had one. Before. 
I just literally ate a bacon, egg, and cheese before I pulled up, bro. No cap. I literally was in the car before I ate. I just stopped at the deli and got me a bacon, egg, and cheese. No, but you're right. But so what we did was like, so in Philly, when I was growing up, like the breakfast sandwich would have been like the uh, the steak and egg, you know, like a, a cheese steak with a uh, omelet over the top, right? Mm-hmm. So over the years, I've been wanting to pit this in days, and I'm like, you know, we gotta, you know, pit some a couple of things on the breakfast menu. So we came out with this. Uh, Earners, what's going on? Listen, EYLU is relaunching, revamping, retooling. That's right, we're creating a new educational experience that's more expansive. Shari, tell me what we got. Yes, 2023. We got a lot in store, a lot planned for you guys. So you know that EYLU already includes monthly financial planning calls with me, book club calls with Troy, real estate calls with MG the Mortgage Guy, access to the home buying blueprint, volume one and volume two. Part of the revamp will include 27 local chapters from across the United States, live interactive teaching, hands-on, not just pre-recorded videos, plus 15 brand new curriculums. The biggest just got bigger. Head over to EYLUniversity.com. That's E-Y-L-U-N-I-V-E-R-S-I-T-Y.com. See you there. This uh the steak and egg cheesesteak, which is like the breakfast sandwich, and then we got a uh the um the cheesesteak egg rolls that's the got the egg in them with the uh, the steak. So we're transitioning and, you know, bringing a breakfast menu in and making things a little different on there. But when it comes to like changing the menu, nah, because this is the thing. My menu is simple, but it works and it's powerful. I think when people go load their menu up with a whole bunch of things that's not selling, like I could literally tell you right now, it's probably 50% of the market got stuff on their menus where it just ain't making money. Like chicken wings don't make money. It got a bone in it. It's no stretch. So like if somebody like when a, if an employee right now overcooks a chicken wing or eats a chicken wing or you miss the count on the chicken wing, you lose. You know, whether when I'm cooking chicken breast, right, when I'm making cheesesteaks, it's, it's breast. You know what I'm saying? It's chicken breast. So it allows us to now be able to pit a good marination on it, you know, uh, the way we cook it that make you feel like, you know, you're not getting cheated on the sandwich. You're getting a real good, healthy sandwich. You getting chicken wings, whatever the market gives you. You know, if the wings are small that week, whatever came in, and then you might have customers, you know, complaining about, you know, what they got. But I think what we have right now, we controlling the market and we like how we able to be effective with the customers with it. So from Philly, some top musicians have played a part in your story, right? So, yeah. Um, I know you know Meek, right? Yeah. And his man, Tak. Yeah, Tak is a... Uh, Talk is a, a big part of my story. Talk introduced me to a lot of um, people in the industry. Um, that's my dog. That's my brother. Forever will. He's always over my house. Um, we sit there and just kick it all the time and reminisce about everything that happened. But I really solely, I built Big Dave's in a gas station. But at nighttime, I built it in the studios. Um, shout out to uh, Drama uh, Cannon and Lake. Uh, they had a studio. I would go into um, every single night by we, you know, being though we from Philly, we would kick it in there, and I would bring food and whatever artists were in there, they would order the food, and I, I started really just growing from there. But um, speaking of the salmon, because we was talking about that earlier, um, the salmon cheese they came about from Uzi. Uh, Uzi one day you we, knew him already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Philly or no, nah, no, nah, I met I met Uzi in a, um, in Atlanta. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I met Uzi through Top. But um, we in the studio um, and we and we in there kicking it. And one night he like, yo, you always bringing food and I never get nothing for me. All I can eat is the fries. 
So I had uh, one of my cooks make him a uh, salmon cheesesteak. He doesn't eat beef? Nah, he don't eat beef at all. He ate a salmon cheesesteak and he went crazy over it. I'm like, man, I'm putting this on the menu. <laughs> Next thing you know, I got salmon egg rolls on the menu. I got salmon cheesesteaks on the menu. And it started being a hot seller. Like I use, I use, I tell people all the time, don't be that person to be in a circle and don't have nothing to offer. Like, if you're around artists, you're around athletes, you're around actors, actresses, whatever, be beneficial. Like, be something that you... They always need something. Somebody in them circles needs something, so be the something they need to, to purchase. That's, so, what, that's what Rich Paul said. We yeah. Rich Paul, he's like an athlete, is going to need an ecosystem of people. He's going to need a driver. He's going to need a barber. He's going to need security. Yeah. He's going to need somebody to wash his car. He's going to need... He's like, the problem is that the homeboys, a lot of times... The just, ego. It's just hanging around, right? And it's only so long that you can hang around before somebody kicks you off of the, the boat. But it's like, if you you should identify how you can add value to somebody's life. Yeah, like, I ain't hanging around you and, and I can't figure out how to make money through you. Like, if you would Listen, I'm going to tell everybody that's going to watch this podcast. If you're around, if you have a blessing to be around somebody right now with the ball in their hands and you broke, it ain't their fault. It's your fault. Because whatever they around, you can need to find a piece of who you are that can be beneficial to the system they got going on to the world to see what you got. Like, you could put me in a room right now with a bunch of concrete masons and I don't even know lay cement. And I'm going to tell them right now that I own Big Dave's and I'm looking for a GC and some contracts. I'm going to figure out a way to make the connection. Like, I feel like, you know, we don't do a lot of connection making. And then the one thing that you spoke on, and I'm going to speak on this, is that the reason why that don't work in a lot of these groups is because the ego. Like, my homie don't want to grab the bag because he remember me being the homie. Mm-hmm. No, I'm your boss now. I'm not your homie. Like, you know what I'm Fact. saying? And then this you is- need to get out that, that stage and understand that this is how we're going to grow. Because if you on a boat and I'm driving a boat, somebody got to be rowing it. Somebody got to make sure we ain't sinking. And, it, and the whole time is if you worrying about how people stroking my ego or the world, you know, they, they, they giving me the hand claps. No, they giving us the hand claps. They just ain't saying your name. That's the problem. When people don't hear, they don't hear their name. They feel like they're not getting a clap. But I can guarantee you, when they say earn your leisure, they're not saying Rashad and Troy. They saying earn your leisure. Y'all getting a clap. You know what I'm saying? So like when we in groups, we don't understand that we be knocking ourselves down because the one person who getting recognized for stuff is the one getting the claps. But you know, you behind the scenes putting everything together. So you should feel good about that yourself. And that's how we gonna grow. This is a message brought to you by the good brothers at Earn Your Leisure and Derek Hayes. That's support a, this that's, message that's a fact people like you said it's ego people think like you, you see somebody as your equal growing up yeah but everybody doesn't grow at the same rate so at some point in time it's okay one person might accelerate their growth and you have to have enough humility yeah to know that you're not you're not equals anymore no <laughs> it's like, but it don't be working <laughs> and, and you should and you should charge your battery more listen do you know if I was to talk to somebody on the phone and I could be stagnant right now trying to figure out what my next move is, they could be like, yo, I just did this. Man, that just motivated me. It's just like you just plugged me up to an iPhone. Like I'm charged again. Mm. Like I get charged off of that, but some people with no drive, they get dismotivated. They got they they don't know how to understand that. Like that's the part that you get happy over when you hear somebody doing good so you could do better. But until we understand that we gotta clap, even when we ain't hearing our names called, we ain't gonna understand the mission. How how are you dealing with that, right? Because you, you you come from an area, and I mean, we come from similar communities where that that's custom, right? We there's people that that watch us ascend, um, that grow with us, but they they can't grasp that point, and they don't realize 
how draining that is right? yeah. to know that, yes, you have been blessed and I'm trying and we're trying to, to make it best for everybody. Um, but you're not adding the value. How do you deal with that? Because I'm sure this you've come across it and in, in throughout your career as an entrepreneur. What, what have you done? What steps have you taken to make sure that either we're going to separate this relationship or we're going to have a business relationship and a friend relationship or we're going to have no relationship at all? I'm going to answer that whole because I, I just went through this, but I'm going to answer it to you in my self form yeah. uh, what I went through. So I actually had more money than a lot of the people that I was around and lost it. Right. So now I'm telling them before they get the money, how they got to control the money because it's it, it's been easy. Like even when people see a million dollars, they think it's, you know, it's everything. But a million dollars ain't no money when you got million dollar bills or you spending like you got a trillion dollars. Um, so the thing is, for one, you got to like literally get outside your own self and understand the mission. Like when I was around all these celebrities and the rappers and all of that and I just blew all this money. I'm sitting in the rooms now a fly on the wall. I'm in your world. I'm not in my world no more. I'm, I know that. I know that I'm okay with, with with listening to your stories and hearing how you got here and what's your goals because now I need to get that motivation back. I'm, I, you know, once you once you get dismotivated, sometimes you don't know how to control your life again. You get lost, and I feel like the blessing from that is like for me, um, losing everything I had. Like I had blessings like walking around Rick Ross house, getting stories from him, him telling me he got $500,000 paintings and million dollar paintings and stuff like that. And I'm sitting there like, this somebody that looked like me. This somebody that, 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 that got the ball, probably lost the ball, got it back. And, I, and that's motivating me. Mm-hmm. Like even when I'm around, you know, Meek or Uzi or any of these guys early on in the game, when I'm trying to figure out how I'm gonna get back started, I'm looking at what they got and how they doing it. i never forget this. First time I go in Meek House, right? I'm like, damn, this is this this is it. This is a castle, right? But I'm I'm saying damn to myself because I'm like, it's time to get it again. It's time to crank back up. Mm-hmm. Like it's somebody from your your city, from, you know what I'm saying, that did this. So I take stuff differently. Like I get motivated off of your success. I don't do no hating. You know what I'm saying? I'm a, I'm gonna keep on going because let me tell you what feels good. What feels good to me is that. When you could walk in a room and meet me in that room and I ain't invite you. You know what I'm saying? Like you might see me at places and you trying to figure out how I got there. My hard work got me there. You ain't had to give me no invitation. I see you when I see you because you're going to respect me differently that way. You're always going to respect the level up before the handout. And that's how I always respected. I never had my hand out. I always had to work out. That's, if you work hard, the work going to take care of you later. That's a great segue because we do see you everywhere because we're everywhere as well. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do run into y'all a lot of places. And it, I never wonder why. I know why you're there. But talk about the importance of showing up in spaces where people don't expect you. Because, I mean, it's bigger than cheesesteaks. Yeah. It's bigger than vegan burgers. It's brand. And it's about relationships and networking. Um, That's important. Let me tell you a true story. I got my CNBC uh, breaking news because I was at the right place and I went over there and shot my shot. See, I'm the type of person, like, if I'm in a room with somebody and I feel like the synergy is there, the time is right, I'm going I'm to pitch something in a way that you're you going to know that this is going to be beneficial to the both sides. And when I'm in rooms, even when I don't look like I belong there, people might be in suit and ties and I might have a sweatsuit on. I tell my manager, Mike, all the time, he'd be like, dude, you know, you want to wear a button? I'm not, I'm, I'm coming as me. You know, I want, I want to be the entrepreneur that you respected because he was his true self. Because I can't fake my true self. I got to fake being you. 
I ain't got a fake being myself though. I'm respectful. I'm humble. I'm confident. I'm educational. Um, I can give you game. I could do anything that these guys can do, but I ain't about to change to look like them because I'm me. So that's so how I get in them rooms. How many employees you have? Uh, between one thirty and one forty. So that's a lot of employees. So one of the hardest things is you know maintaining a positive culture. And a, and a good culture and more people is harder to manage. So how do you manage that level of employees and how do you maintain an established culture for your organization? Um, first, a good team. I just said this uh, a few days ago. So I got a few core employees that uh, that been with me for a while now, um, some five, six years. I think the culture starts with the people that you bring in the system because I'm not in the restaurants no more, you know, showing people how to cook or in there giving them game. But I'm in there because the ones I trained is me. Um, they believe in the dream. They believe in the vision. And you can't have people around you trying to teach culture if you ain't never give them no ownership. Um, my, my core people, I gave Phantom Equity to as long as they in the company, survive when I, I exit the company, down got away from no 401k or retirement, they got Big Dave's waiting. Um, and I think when people got something to look up to and to look for, they give you their all because that's just like right now, if we was making a bunch of money every single week and we working for a company that we ain't never seen a CEO, we don't know who our biggest manager is, we just know who, who our field manager is working with us every day, that's a job. I'm giving out careers. It's a difference. You know, people say, how can you give out a career from a sandwich shop? Well, I'm doing it. People didn't bought houses. They didn't bought cars. Even people that didn't have a house, been homeless. I didn't see any lives change. I didn't see people take courses in school through Big Dave. So, like, I've seen lives change through this. And that's what made me feel good with this, with the culture. And that's one of the scariest things that I really struggle with, the franchise, because I always wanted to keep that culture in there, that same that same feeling when you walk in the locations. But now I got the corporate team right now and the training team to make sure that culture is there. Like, one, Do you have, like, meetings with them to tell them, like, this is what we want, this is customers always right da, 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 da. like do you yeah do that every or? monday every monday so every day of the week i'm on a team i'm on a call with a different team so on mondays i'm on a uh, call with uh my corporate team on tuesdays i'm on calls with my operations team on wednesdays and thursdays i might be on a call with just my president we're working through strategy on fridays i might be now on a call with my franchise team so like when i say teams like I got a whole team of franchise team that just deal with the franchising. I got corporate team. I got operations team. But all together, we're a family, and it all funnels up, and it all works together to make it work. Big Dave is something that is obviously extremely personal to you. Yeah. Uh, and we've seen that in business. Is there ever a point that you can see yourself getting to saying that, you know what, we're going to package this up, and we're going to sell this? Um, I ain't there yet, but... The moment I do get there, I think the whole world will know about then. They'll be everywhere. But what I will say is this. When I when I first built my gas station location and I had my firstborn daughter, Dallas, I would drive in a car with her. It would just be me and her. And I'm telling y'all something personal. I never even shared with the world ever. Not even nobody, really. I used to drive with her in a car. I had a donut on my car, right? I'm in a Jaguar. Got no money to put this, this, this tire on the car. And I got my daughter in the car. And I used to talk to her. She can't even speak. You know, she a baby. But I'm talking to her just like I'm talking to like one of my homies or whatever, my friends. And I'm like, you know, one day we ain't going to be going through this. One day I'm going to put uh, Big Dave's on every blue sign on every exit. So when you grown 
and you got kids, you can say, dig your daddy's stores. That's what he built. Like, and that's what was personal to me. Like, when I, when I go on Instagram and sometimes I might end up writing a caption, I'll be like, this personal? This is personal. Like, I'm not losing through this. I would stop breathing for this. Like, this is personal that I went for this because I'm not doing this just for me no more. I'm doing this for every kid that they look at as a stereotype. They ain't supposed to be there. They not going to make it. They bad to the society. These are all the things that people said about me at once upon a time. But now, now I'm getting paid to talk. I'm going into schools, changing lives. I, I just talked to a school that day at high school, and they told me, they literally walked up to me, and the lady was like, I need to talk to the football team. They losing. I said, well, that's already the problem because y'all, y'all already saying they losing. Like, if y'all make people feel like a loser, then they're going to feel like a loser. How can we win? The way we win is we bring each other in unity. We make each other feel good, even when we losing. I ain't always winning. Shit, some months I take roller coaster rides. I take dives. I lose a couple hundred thousand. Don't, don't matter. I got to get back at it. The moment you say you lost, you lost. Until that moment, you ain't defeated. And when people, you know, they say, oh, I took a loss, I'd be like, nah, you ain't take a loss because you still at it. You still operating. You ain't take a loss. You took you took a pause. And that's sometimes them pauses wake you up to do better. You need that to happen. If everything right now happens good for y'all, y'all will never appreciate the times. Y'all won't understand the good times anymore. Because honestly, sometimes like I wake up in the morning, I'd be like, damn, I got something else going on. I got something else going on. And the one moment something don't feel right, you get in the stress mode because you got spoiled. But sometimes you need to get unspoiled with the feel that this is the reason why you're here. This is why God put you in these situations because he knew you could handle them. And he wanted to, he wanted to put you there. And the way I look at it, the biggest thing of it all is that if I'm not striving to do better every single day, if I'm not going hard at something that's challenging and it's easy, I'm never going to be serious at it. I'm never going to get real with it. I'm never going to take it as something that can be a blessing taken away from me. But if I'm working hard at something and I earned it, and I know that if I lose it, my life is over. I'm always gonna appreciate that more. So yeah. is there a number though? It's like, I mean, we we float around. Hey, listen, around. I tell people all the time, and I'm saying this confidently. Yeah. Big Dave's will be worth a billion dollars, and yeah. not, and it ain't gonna okay. take long to do it. Okay. Yeah. Losing is only an option when it's an option. That's 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 it. That's a fact. So, as far as outside of the restaurant business, I know you do all this stuff, real estate investment. Yeah. How's that going? Um, the real estate, man, listen, so, you know, the market funny right now, interest rates is high, but I'm blessed to say that me and my wife, we was able to grab a lot of stuff up before the market got ugly. Um, so we holding on the assets. That's another thing, man, you know, being 36 years old with millions in assets. I remember times I couldn't feed myself. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I remember when I couldn't go buy a McDonald's hamburger. So things like this make me feel appreciative and I could look at other people and say, listen, if you work hard, one day you ain't going to worry about knowing how to feed yourself. It's always going to be available. And the worst thing of it all is to be a grown man in America right now, and you got to ask somebody to feed you. Can you imagine right now you was hungry and you got to ask Rashad, listen, hey, bro, can you buy me this, this Chinese meal, this $5 grub? One, one time he going to tell you no. He going to tell you, bro, you got to go figure something out. And the moment he tell you, bro, go figure something out, you going to figure it out. And I'm glad we own this right now because have y'all ever felt like this? You ever been real hungry? I'm talking about starving, like need some food, right? You real hungry, right? But after you've been hungry for so long, you realize you ain't even that hungry no more. But if you eat a little bit of food that was good, you, you, you get way more hungry. You be like, yo, let me get another piece of that, right? But then you go buy that same meal. And it don't taste the same. You be like, man, they made yours different. You know why? Because 
when you tasted that food, you were so hungry at that moment that it felt good that now you got comfortable again and just say, all right, I'm going to go get the same thing instead of striving through that hunger. Sometimes we got to strive through that hunger and know that we hungry for a reason. Like I always would take a little bit to get a lot later than to have a lot because we're never going to work harder in the end. If, if right now... They give us a couple hundred million right now. Are y'all still going to be Rashad and Troy? Are y'all still going to be doing this Earn Your Leader podcast every day? Are y'all still going to be uh, big up in the entrepreneurs that's up and coming? Because if y'all are, then it's personal and it's passionate versus just doing it for the dollar signs. You see what I'm saying? So how do you feel about, I put a post on Instagram the other day where I saw it. The guy was saying that like the life of a winner is a lot different than what people perceive because you always feel like you're actually losing. Yeah. Like you never really feel like you're winning because you don't you always focus on what went wrong and yeah. how you can improve. And it's extremely like different from what most people can actually understand. When he said that, I just that just resonated with me so much because that's how I always look at things. Like I never look at like what right. I always look at what I don't know. I feel like I'm winning. So how, yeah. So how I don't how, <laughs> how, I don't how you how, how how's that work out for you? It it works in my favor because I think I'm hard on myself. Nobody in this world is more harder on me than me like literally nobody can give me no advice i haven't gave myself like that's the good thing about being a really good person and being a really good entrepreneur is that you could take your falls and your fails and you can say it's my fault you know like sometimes in situations there's always two sides to every story but you know when you did you know what i mean it's your fault and i think by me not congratulating myself sometimes um make me go harder and excuse me i think Sometimes me not congratulating myself sometimes, you know, can put you in a little bit stressful situations because sometimes you need to give yourself the flowers. You need to water yourself because you are getting up every morning, chasing your dream, doing the things that you want to do. You know, a lot of people wake up in the morning and be miserable because they're not doing the the things they want to do in life. Like I really wake up every single morning in my country club home and I'm looking at my fifth hole of my golf course, remembering that I came up in the ghetto. And a $32,000 home. And I'm able to say that my hard work and uh, me being hard on myself and never being um, content to whatever God has for me right now, because I know that if I keep working for what I really want um, later on, it's going to be massive. And my massive ain't just for me. My massive is for opportunities. Like what y'all doing right now, y'all going to give people opportunities to come in the door under y'all. What I'm doing right now, I'm giving people opportunities to come in the door under me that look differently. That's what I care about. Talked about things outside the restaurant. Real estate was one. But I have noticed you have been in Hollywood a lot lately. <laughs> you have been taking trips to a certain streaming platform. So talk about some of the stuff that's going on in that world of content creation. Um, I don't know, man. I'm going to throw this out there. Man, Pinky could have a show on the way soon. We may, we may be working on something. Um but I just think right now, the opportunities that's falling right now is amazing because, you know, like when you work hard, you can pick and choose what you want to do. You don't have to say yes to everything. And me saying no feels good sometimes. Like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. That's not for my career. That's not for me. That's not going to that's not gonna work for what I stand for or what I'm pushing. And I think um, me being an investor um, right now, I'm invested in a few businesses Uh and I, and I like to be able to help people when they got it together. Like the worst thing you could do is come to somebody and it ain't together. You ever ask somebody say, you know, they got something good. They want you to invest or what you think about it. And they paying people through cash app. You know what I'm saying? You're like, 
How you going to win? So these are the things that like I help people out, you know, at the lower level. And, I, and I'm talking to them because I'm allowing them to know, like, if you want to get taken serious, you got to be serious. You got to look serious. You got to be together. Like, where's your EPK? Where's your deck? All these things that matter. And this is what I learned over time because I was that cash app guy. I was the guy that just gave me opportunity. But sometimes as long as you show up, that person that got the opportunity may give you one. So what does your corporate structure look like? You're the CEO. I'm assuming you have a COO, you have a CFO, you have yeah, a Yeah, so I got so I got a president, CFO. I got I'm about to hire a COO now. I got that position open. Um I got uh human resources, I got uh GMs, I got uh field managers, I got uh food quality chefs. The only thing right now I don't have right now is the uh, COO role. What, are these people that you knew or people that you didn't know? No. That's the best thing of it all. I mean, some of them are, but let me tell y'all something. So being a CEO and a founder of, of, of a popular brand, this is the one thing that sometimes is hard is because you want to bring everybody up with you that's around you. You know, you want people to grow, but as you try to scale, it takes a level of education to scale and it takes expertise. And I had to really go get a team that really w- was ready for that and geared up for that. And... Man, the most thing of it all is like when you put a stranger in front of a bunch of people's faces, they respect it more. Don't ask me why, but it's just like they gonna listen to that person more because they don't know how to they don't know how to handle that person. You ever you ever heard somebody say like you in a relationship and a person taking advantage because they know how to handle that person, they know that person not going nowhere. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to handle me no more because I'll fire anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll fire anybody that's in my company not doing their job because the mission is to get to the to the mountaintop with this. And I feel like anybody getting in the way of that mission, you ain't mission-driven in the mission. So it's time to get out the mission. And sometimes it hurt. You know, you're going to break your heart with some moves you got to make to get people out. I didn't let people go that I loved, that I wanted to see win, um, that I had a vision for in the end. But how can they have a vision for you if they screwed you while you was trying to work on the vision? Dan Cathy, you know Dan Cathy? Yeah. He says something that on Investor, I think anybody doesn't know, he's the CEO of Chick-fil-A. He's worth like $4 billion. Uh, last year at InvestFest, he said something that was extremely insightful. And he was like, being an entrepreneur is like a musical composer. And he was like, you you have a, a certain, like you write music, right? And you you know how the quality of the music should sound. And then, but you have the musicians who actually have to play the music. Yeah. So he said, if the music that the musicians are playing are not up to the par of the composition that you wrote, never dumb down the composition. You have to hire new musicians. Like, don't lower how your vision for the music is based off of the talent that you have. 100%. That has to stay at par. You just got to get higher level talent to make sure that they are performing at the level of the composition. No, I agree with that 1,000%. Because how are you going to have somebody on a team that can't run the play? That's like right now, I, I just uh, told a group of kids at CAU, don't be practice players. Don't work and study your game every single day and then fail the test. Nobody's going to ever recognize you for that. You know, you got people right now and that's probably in the NBA, college basketball, probably the best practice players in the world to make the stars better. But like you was killing him in practice. But until the, the ref blew the, the, the game whistle, you choked. And some of us, you know, we are practice players and we got to do a better job at that. And and a lot of us, uh, too, always give people advice and not taking advice themselves. Like, how can you tell me how to be a better financial literate or a better financial literacy 
if you don't have nothing going on, if you don't know the true meaning of it, because that word is popular right now, every person in America is just using, <laughs> I want to break the curse. I want to I do all <laughs> these things. Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Trigger words. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I, the curse is broken. Like, all these things, right? So, like, what's really breaking the curse, though? Like, what are you doing? Like, do, are you are you breaking the curse uh, for your kids? But how are you going to do it? Because you can give your kids a bunch of money and they can piss the money away. Like, what did you do to give them the education not to mess the curse up? So, like, for me, like, I think it's important that you give your kids, like, debit cards and don't put a lot of money on them and let them get declined in the stores. Let them feel what rejection feels like. Let them feel like when they go swipe that card for that toy and they need $10 more on that card and then the registered person saying, sorry, your card didn't go through. Like, you need to experience that at an early age because wait until you become an adult to get declined don't feel good. Imagine if you got declined when you was 14 years old and you could have just... Yeah, imagine... Got plenty of times. <laughs> yeah, imagine messing up a credit card, you yeah. know what I'm saying, early in the game, and, and, and now well, we how, know these How things. you feel about that, though? Because it's like... So I was watching um, Cameron and Mace's show. Shout out to them. And Mace was telling a story. He was like... Um, he, he was talking to his son playing basketball, and he was telling his son, like, yo, you got to be hungry. Like, you got to be hungry out there. And he was like, but I'm not hungry. And he was like, it registered to him that how he grew up, he can never... His son can never have an appreciation for that like so it's like all right you have children you're an entrepreneur you're, you're highly successful they're never gonna really have a, a full appreciation of of the grit or the grind no nope. right that's a blessing yeah but it, also it's like it's also kind of a curse because it you know what i'm saying like it how, is a how, curse. how do you navigate it's a that? curse it's and it, that yeah it is and, yeah. I, and i think what people should do honestly like I'm never gonna I'm never gonna put my kids in a ghetto and be like, you gotta, you gotta feel how this feels. <laughs> figure this out. Yeah, you gotta figure it out. Survivor. Yeah. Get it but, from the mud. Yeah, but what I what I will do is that um the opportunity to work for it. You know, like I feel like anybody in a household that got their kids in a in a different environment, they should be able to make their kids feel like it's a privilege to have it. Like, like I just I just said this in my backyard two days ago. Um I was talking to my brother on the phone and I'm like, yo. My son is born in a mansion. He's riding in Maybachs. He's doing all these things. I didn't have that. You know what I'm saying? He already has things that I've never had. You know, the, the privilege of it, right? But the thing that I'm going to gear my son up, what I never had is opportunity, resource. So those two things right there, we will have so many more intelligent, um, successful African-American people, people in general in the world right now, if you had those two things right there, opportunity and resource, right? Some people know how to go create opportunity and some people need the opportunity to create them. That's why it's only about two to three percent of us in the world that's special like that that know how to create opportunity. Like if you go out there and create the opportunity and get out of those four walls of the neighborhoods you're from, and you know you be special that way, or you sit in it and become the statistic of the environment. For me, I'm gonna make sure that my kid know for one, um, it is another side of the world out there that you don't want nothing to do with um, because you can't handle it because you ain't never been in it, but. Always know to your highest high, you go back in those communities and you be resources and opportunities to them. And that's what I want my kids to do. I want them to be community leaders and I want them to be opportunity and resources to other communities around the world. And I want them to provide, um, just provide something powerful that's going to like, right now, I think I said it to you, Rashad, when we was at uh, um, InvestFest, when I told you about the entrepreneur, um, Iron Leisure, I, th I think y'all should do that. I mean, uh, the, the, the juveniles, because it's a lot of kids out here that's intelligent, right? 
They just don't have the platform and the resource mm-hmm. they, to, to, that people can see that. I remember me and Pinky was at my grand opening and uh, at my Jonesboro Road location. And there was this little kid, man. He walked up to me and blew me away, man, the way he talked. Like, I, I can't believe the words that was coming out of his mouth. And I was just like, yo, somebody need to have a platform for kids to be able to 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 show who they are, to express them not having two parents in the household, express where they stuck at right now, where they need help at. And then, then we could fix this all as one pie right now because you fixed the problem before the problem fixed it. You talk about kids. Yeah. You have some. You have one on the way. Congratulations. Thank you. Let's talk about succession. Is that part of the business plan? Mom has a brand. Dad has a brand. It's under the, the, the family umbrella. Is succession something you're thinking about? Is that something that you put in the business plan already? Um. Well, I'm a, they, I, I feel like we talk about this. They could have the opportunity to be what they want to be. Um, but you could look at LeBron James. You see his kids playing basketball. You, I, I don't think that you being in a house with two serial entrepreneurs, you just ain't going to become one too. <laughs> um, and my youngest right now, my daughter, uh, my youngest daughter right now, she been here before. She literally, she's saying that ABCs and, she, and, and already, you know what I'm saying? And it's, it's stuff that my children are doing because of the opportunity that we have around the home. And I think, uh, it's organically going to happen. I don't think that we're going to shove it down their throats, but I think, you know, she never, uh, she never stops, um, talking about business or I never stop talking about business indirectly, not even knowing it could be a banana in the house and the guy right. And we're trying to figure out a way, come up with a method. So bananas don't ride. It's like, we're always thinking of ways to build. And I think if kids hear that, they'll always think of ways to build too. So I think organically, they just going to be entrepreneurs, but some of my kids might be singers too, man, because I got some, I got some, some uh, Mariah Carey's in the crib. <laughs> <laughs> well, pleasure, my brother. Thank you for joining us. Any last words you want to leave the people with or information? How they hey, can man, I say this on everything I get to say. Life is not a track meet. It's a marathon. It's all about how you win and end. Run your race. There you have it. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. See you guys next week. Peace. And I ain't cry. No, I ain't cry. <laughs> but he has done the trifecta. He's done AOL, Invest Fest, and now this. Congrats. No, Thank you, brother. Appreciate Thank you, brother. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.